There's a spiritual war that's going on for our communities. It's a war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And God wants to equip us to be His occupying force in our communities. Join in today to learn more. Welcome to today's episode of Occupying Force. We're Richard and Kimberly Wilson, your hosts. And today this episode is brought possible by the supporters of Watchmen Rise International. And if you would like to be part of the funding for these podcasts, we invite you to go to our website at www.watchmenarise.com and become a partner with us. Today we're going to talk about the enemies of God. And so often in prayer meetings and even emails that we get, conversations with other believers, we will hear people use the term, the enemy is against me. And I feel like I'm under attack, or the devil did this to me, or I'm doing something right, so therefore the enemy caused this to happen. And today we want to shift your perspective. We want you to see things through an eternal lens rather than through a natural place of I. Last week we talked about identity, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit in us as an individual equals a we. It, it, it means you are never alone. Whenever you feel like the enemy is coming up against you, what you want to always do is say, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're coming up against us. What do you have to say about this? And then, therefore, it changes the perspective of this enemy is against me alone. These are the enemies of God as well because Christ lives in you. The fullness of the Godhead lives within you. And we see very clearly in Scripture from the very beginning, those enemies were God's enemies. That they weren't, they became enemies of God that attacked then us as people, but they were always his enemies. So from the very beginning, whether you talk about the serpent, you talk about Satan and those kinds of things, that their target was God himself and then the um, human beings created by God. But they always were his enemies and they stay his enemies. So we see this very clearly if we look at even in 1 Samuel 17, when we talk about David and Goliath, we recognize that that, that Goliath himself was, was an enemy of God. And in the language that David used, he recognized that Goliath himself was an enemy to God. He said it this way to the Philistine. He said, you come to me with a sword, a spirit, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Right then, he comes in the name of the Lord of hosts. He doesn't come in his own power, in his own name. He says, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. So once again, he's saying, Goliath, you have taunted God himself. So he's making it very clear that you're um, messing with God. You're just not messing with God's people. And then he turns around and he says, this say, the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I will strike you down, remove your head from you. I'll give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky, the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there's a God in Israel and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So once again, he reemphasizes it. 
Then listen, the battle is the Lord's, it's not mine. It is the Lord's because you are an enemy of the Lord. He makes it clear again. He said, the Lord is the one that will deliver us from you. And so once again, we recognize here that David understood, no, wait a minute, these are, this Philistine is an enemy of God. Now he recognizes then because of his relationship with God, then God calls him into partnership with him to then go and strike the enemy of God. You know, and David, because of his victory here with Goliath, all of a sudden came into Saul's camp. And Saul wanted him to be around until Saul found out that David had the anointing to be the next king of Israel. So the story goes on further, and David, knowing who God is and knowing how God stands up against his enemies, is in a cave with Saul trying to kill him. And David's like, Lord, I have your promise. I know what you want to do for the nation of Israel. You have a promise for us that we're not fulfilling. And he cries out in Psalm 57 too. He says, I will cry to God most high, to God who accomplishes all things for me. So David had a revelation of the Lord battling for him. I mean, if David hadn't have recognized that, if he would have just looked at Saul as his enemy, then in his eyes he would have been clear to kill Saul. He's my enemy. But he recognized that Saul had become an enemy to God. And so in that he could look through the filter of not taking it on as his own enemy, but being one of God's, then he could listen to God and say, okay, God, I'm only going to respond to this in terms of how you want me to respond to it. So we're going to bring scriptures to you today that makes it very clear the battle belongs to the Lord. The battle itself belongs to the Lord. Numbers 32, 21 says it this way, And all of you armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven his enemies out from before you. So it's clear here those enemies were God's enemies. And those enemies will be driven out before God himself. Psalm 68, 1 and 12 say this, Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, and let those who hate him flee before him. Surely God will shatter the head of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who goes on in his guilty deeds. Another one is Isaiah 42, 13. It says, The Lord will go forth like a warrior. He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. Not our enemies, not your enemies, but his enemies. Woo, he's getting me fired up. <laughs> Hebrews 10, 13, it says, Waiting from that time onward until his enemies be made a footstool for his feet. So this is not new to you when you think about it. In Scripture, it makes it clear that God says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So again, when we look out there around us and we see all of these enemies we want to make sure that we recognize first and foremost they're God's enemies. Now will God's enemies then attack God's creation? Will they come after us? You bet they will. They'll come in all kinds of ways. They'll come in ways of sickness. They'll come in ways of trauma. They'll come in ways of causing all kinds of things. And what the enemies of God want to do is pull us into a battle against them. 
They want to bring us into that ring to bring us to a place of anger where we think, okay, we're, we're going to fight against those enemies. And when we do that, we immediately put ourselves in a very dangerous situation because if we're not careful, even the authority that we've been given in God will use it improperly because of what we've done in making those enemies personal to us. Does it affect us as a person? Absolutely, the effects are there. But the strength then against the enemies of God are God himself, not us. We want you to see clearly, yes, there are enemies of God, Therefore, those enemies then attack us as his creation, but we partner with God and how God wants to then destroy the effects of those enemies. You know, several of the prophets had revelation from the Lord about vengeance. Nahum in chapter 1 verse 2 says, A jealous and avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries, and he serves wrath for his enemies. Isaiah 59, 18 says, According to their deeds, so he will repay. Wrath to his adversaries, recompense to his enemies, to the coastlands he will make recompense. We love this next passage of Scripture with Jesus, because then it makes it very clear, and you're familiar with it, it's Colossians 2, 15. It says, when he disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. So in today, when we're talking about the enemies of God, then we recognize very clearly in this passage that by Jesus' sinless life, by him going to the place of the cross and his death and his resurrection and his ascended uh, on high, and then we talked about this last week. Now we are seated with him in this heavenly places, but it is Jesus that has literally disarmed rulers and authorities. What does that mean? He has defeated them. All the enemies of God have been defeated through the blood of the Lamb, through the resurrection, through his ascension. So we recognize now all the enemies of God are defeated. Now what we're talking about today in becoming an occupying force is then our partnership with the Father through the Son by Holy Spirit is that now through the completed work of Jesus we enter into his defeat of all God's enemies and then we work with him in recognizing they're his enemies, not ours, but then he calls us into partnership with him so that we might completely annihilate, destroy the manifestation of where those enemies are still taking place. And so we want to be able to recognize, first and foremost, those enemies, sickness, disease, poverty, war, whatever the list goes on and on and on, corruption, all of those things, even in terms of principalities and names that they have, all of those things being ancient, all of those things being enemies of God, all of those things now being defeated by God Himself, by the, the blood of His Son, now we get to partner in, whenever Holy Spirit leads us, that we will partner with Him in then destroying all of the manifestation of those enemies. And so it, be, it becomes a journey. It becomes, yes, 
We're warriors, but we're warriors in Him. We're warriors through Him. And we're warriors by Him. You know, it goes on to say that Jesus triumphed over death. I mean, 1 Corinthians 15, 25 to 26, it says, For He must reign until He has put all His enemies under His feet, and the last enemy that will be abolished is death. The enemy uses this particular enemy of death and uses against Christians and non-Christians because they believe that then death is their enemy. And the way then that Satan and his cohorts use it is they throw us into this whole thing of faith. Well, this is just the way it's going to be. And when you take on death itself as your enemy rather than it being God's, you'll find yourself moving into the, a thing of faith. You'll find yourself moving into a, a place of hopelessness. You'll find yourself moving into a place of all of these what ifs and what if this happens and it's happened this way over here. And when you try to make it about your enemy, you already find yourself going down a road of defeat. But when you realize God says, no, I've defeated death, and I will completely annihilate it in my time. I will abolish it. It will no longer even have any kind of manifestation. Then you can rest assured that it's the enemy of God and he's taken care of it. Then the other thing that we full well know is, is that for us that are born again, then death has already been taken care of. We have literally already, our death has come in Christ. We died in Him, and we're going to live forever. I recognize in the natural that this physical body passes away, but then the sting of death removed from us because we're going to live forever with Him. And so today we hope that we've helped you in terms of recognizing the enemies are the enemies of God. And then we get to partner with God in how He wants to then destroy the manifestations of His enemies. If we put it in another way, then the burden of those enemies, we see them. They're all around us. We see the display of darkness. We see the display of hatred. We see the display of sickness and disease. We see all of those things around us. And we have a passion inside of us that we want to see them destroyed. We want to see them taken care of to where they can't even function anymore. Well, that part of that is right. But where we get ourselves into trouble is when we personalize it and make it about us. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in the wrong ring of warfare. We're called to be warriors. All of you listening today, you are in a war, but we call it the Lamb's War. We call it God's war. It is His war, and He's not surprised by it. And you know the end of the story. He's already won. Then we're saying enter into the victory of what He's already won and never let His enemies isolate you and pull you in and make it about you because in that place, you'll find yourself in a place of defeat. So true. So true. So when you feel like the enemy is coming up against you, Number one, you take that accusation and you take it to Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What do you have to say about this accusation that the enemy is bringing up against me? And then in that, he will, because it literally talks about in Hebrews, that there's a voice to the blood of Jesus. 
then he will silence those voices that are trying to move you in a dangerous direction. And then not only that, then he can clearly by Holy Spirit begin to speak to you and show you exactly who those enemies are and that those enemies are God. And then he can lead you in how he wants to lead you in partnering with you in defeating his enemies. So the second thing that you want to do is ask the Lord, am I to do anything about this? What do you want to do about it, Lord? Probably a better question than what am I. What do you want to do about it, Lord? And do you want me to do something? Yeah, it's, it's what is my part in what you're already doing, God, and what you've already done, and what you're doing right now in this moment. Then is it, what is my place in that uh, to partner with you in what it is that you want to do? The next thing you want to ask him is, is it time to move on what you're showing me. So often we see people trying to run out and take care of things ahead of God's timing. You know, we taught um, on Habakkuk a few weeks ago, and Habakkuk wanted God to annihilate all the enemies right then and there, and God's like, uh-uh, I got a bigger plan here than just what you're seeing in the immediate situation, Habakkuk. You've got to understand there's a bigger picture. So whenever you are in these situations, you always want to realize this is not just about you. This is about the kingdom that you belong to, and it's God's kingdom. And so always go to him. What are you showing me? What do you want to do about it? Is it time to do something about it? Or am I supposed to just sit on this information and just be aware that this is going on and not let those arrows that the enemy's trying to throw my way penetrate my heart because they have to go past Father, Son, and Holy Spirit before they even get to me. We hope today in our dialogue, we've begun to once again give you some scriptural insight that will begin to open your eyes so that you can begin to see differently. And when you see differently like this, then what it does is then the faith of Jesus can arise in you. We're never talking about taking a position of defeat. We're never talking about taking a position of what we would call apathy or even passivity. No, we're talking about from then a standpoint of advancement, but the advancement comes because of what it is that God says he wants to do. And you'll see that so many times in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, that God said, this is what I'm going to do. This is your place in what I'm about to do. And then stand and watch what it is that God's going to do. So we just bless every one of you today. We thank God for each one of you. We thank God for your lives. We thank God for the importance of who you are, but especially the importance of who you are joined in to the big picture. It's a big kingdom. It's a big army. And God's up to really big things in the hour that we're living in. So once again, we invite you to go to our website, watchmenarise.com. See our resources there. See how we can partner together in advancing the kingdom. And so God bless each of you today. And don't forget to subscribe to Occupying Force wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do that on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or cpnshows.com. Thanks for listening.